Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything, from the contactors to the design, all while managing the costs. Here's all you need to do. Head to their website, houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels they've done for homeowners in the metro area. In past jobs, they've put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today to find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, and if you hire one of their preferred realtors, they'll sell your house without charging a listing commission. Let's jump into the show. Man, Zach, we got the people all riled up yesterday. <laughs> I freaking love it, Ryan. And it wasn't even a Broncos topic. I guess because there's just nothing really to argue about with Broncos. Yeah, that that's what was fun was about it. And it's one of the reasons why we even talked about it in the first place. It's because we started arguing about it before the show even started. I'm like, let's save this argument <laughs> for, uh, for on the podcast. So uh, I'm glad you guys got in on what became a bit of a spirited debate. I guess that's what we get for uh, tackling a polarizing national subject. And it seemed like more of you guys agreed with Ryan, so we're not we're not even going to get to your comments today. Oh, we're getting to them. <laughs> I felt like it was pretty split, um, but we'll. I guess we'll see when we yep. get to the comments. We'll, <laughs> yep. we'll see it really play itself out, uh, and then we'll probably try and put the debate <laughs> to rest so we, we don't talk about, uh, you know soccer too much here on this football (laughs) podcast but i want to start here zach the bsn broncos podcast is presented by elixinol no that's not actually where i wanted to start but i need that's where i needed to start um yesterday emmanuel sanders was on uh 104.3 the fan and good job by them as always good interview uh he and dmac have gone from foes to friends it seems (laughs) But whenever Emmanuel gets in front of a camera or behind a microphone, tends to find a way to make a headline. Wasn't wasn't this interview supposed to be juicy between Emmanuel and DMac? I mean that that's how they built it up. I think I thought the juice was gone after the last one. That and that's what I thought too. But that's that's what they wanted to build it up to be the juice between Emmanuel and DMac. And Ryan, there was juice between Emmanuel and someone else yesterday. A teammate of Emmanuel's. Oh, gumballs. <laughs> Emmanuel was, uh, they, they were going through, you know, how do you feel about this team? And he was asked about the offensive line, and he pointed to Reisner and said, he, he's doing a great job. I love what he's doing. And what one of the guys said, what about on the outside? And I think they started with Juwan James. He said, oh, Juwan James is fine. They said, well, yeah. Not that guy, the other guy on the outside. And so he was prompted with with 
you know, talking about Garrett Bowles' struggles, and he just simply said, Bowles has to get it together. Boom. And he went on and said he led the league in holds the last two years, which actually isn't even correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, and said, uh, we're having those conversations. And then the follow-up after that was, is he listening? Because that's kind of a narrative that's out there about Garrett Bowles right now is that he doesn't take to coaching very well. And Emmanuel said he listens to me. So this was um, spicy. Mm-hmm. You don't hear stuff like this often. And Garrett, I, I want to know how – I wonder how he's taking this. And Garrett himself – isn't shy to calling his own teammates out like we've talked about on the pod called out Ron Leary intentional or not that's exactly what he did a few months ago by saying the Broncos finally got him a left guard and I wonder if do you think Garrett heard this or do you think he's heard it you you think so you're you're nodding your head I wasn't sure if if he would even hear this you'd be surprised these guys have bigger ears than you think um they I guess hear that, everything. that's good, right? It's no. good that he's connected. No, it's bad. <laughs> um, I'm always blown away by how much stuff these guys hear. If it were me, I think. I don't know. Actually, I do know because I'm not even going to get into why I know. But <laughs> I'll just say there are some issues with uh, a different team and some people... And they apparently talked bad about BSN. Mm. I didn't listen. I don't want to hear it. Right. Because all it's going to do is infuriate me. Yep. And it, and deep down, I know you know where we where we are, how the culture of our company is on the inside. And I'm not even see. I'm, I've gone too far. <laughs> I've gone too far. I've gone too far. But the point is, I don't want to hear it. Right. Especially because if I like, if I know I'm I'm working as hard as I can, if I know that you know we're trying to do something special, if I know all that stuff, I don't need the extra whatever motivation I guess it would be, um, in the in the stress and the anger that would come from hearing you know stuff that isn't true. So if you are whoever and you're in the NFL and you're working your tail off and you're doing everything you can to be ready on Sundays and above all you know that you've messed up a couple times you don't you don't need that you don't need the extra whatever you don't need that hate that you're going to have towards someone who is maybe saying something about you that you don't believe so i would turn everything off i don't want to read about myself i don't want to listen to any of the radio shows about the team I just want to take care of my job. Because you know, in in this situation, talking about yourself, you know you're working as hard as you can. And that's probably where it starts with Garrett Bowles. I mean, and and a lot of other people outside have questioned that when all the other offensive linemen are going to 6-0 strength, he's not going there. Is that working as hard as you can? You know, unless he's doing something on his own, which we haven't heard that, then you probably say, well, if all your other teammates are doing it, you should probably do that. Now, I know he has gone in uh, to 6-0 strength occasionally, but 
that's it, it showed that that hasn't always been the case. So I guess there's the other thing. If you know you aren't doing everything you can, you might want to hide even more. You definitely don't want to hear it. And that that's what I was thinking. Not just Garrett, but if you, if you don't hear anything and you're not putting the work in, are you just 100% checked out at that point where you're you're there for a paycheck and once you leave you want nothing to do with it because all you care about is the paycheck. So it it is interesting uh in that respect, but Ryan, first off, let's just start with the biggest thing with this. What do you think of Emmanuel putting him on blast like that? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it good leadership, bad leadership? It's bad. Um and it's it's always a double-edged sword because here we are talking about it, right? Like it gave us something to talk about. It's the first thing we're talking about on today's pod. So, uh, you know, people would say, well, you should be thankful that, you know, he did this or that, whatever. I always just try to not look at it that way. What's good for media isn't necessarily always good for or what's good for the team. Right. And it's like someone asked me the other day, um, I heard uh, they used to cover the, the Broncos. And they said, I heard I'm not missing much with Fangio. And I was like... I don't care. I, I guess I I don't care. Um, Fangio doesn't go out there and toss us, you know, softball quotes that we can put into stories and whatnot. Right. But you know what I told him? I said, I think he's going to be a good football coach. And above all, I just want to watch good football. <laughs> I'm so sick of watching bad football. Um, so in the end, like I've tried to program my brain not to see not to see things in a selfish light, but to see things how they are for the team. And personally. I thought Emmanuel just went a little too far here, and I understand why it happened. He's on the radio. He's trying to create good radio. He is very cognizant of these sort of things. When he goes on NFL Network, he waxes about uh, uh, Antonio Brown, and it creates all the headlines, and, and people are talking about Emmanuel Sanders in the media. It's, he's doing a great job, and he will have a job in media when he's done. Didn't he say he already has offers for either six or seven figures? I didn't hear that, but... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He's going to do great. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're fantastic when you drop things like this. Right. This is, if you look at all the guys who are successful former players in media, they're always giving you a little more than they should, probably. <laughs> and right here, Emmanuel gave a little more than he should. The only problem with it is that he's still on the team. And so to me, I already, if I'm in the league, I already don't want to hear what the media has to say about me. But it's impossible to ignore what your teammate says about you in the media. And that's where I think Emmanuel just, he didn't do it on purpose. But he got in the flow of things. He's rolling. They're talking. Everything's great. And it just, it slipped out. Boom. Exactly. Ryan, did Peyton Manning get after his teammates within closed doors? Absolutely. Absolutely. In front of the whole team, individually, that there's so many stories about that. Did Peyton Manning stand up there every Wednesday and rip all those teammates in public? Of course not. And, in fact, I can't think of a time he ripped anyone in public except for uh, the video board coordinator <laughs> or whatever you want to call them after they showed Philip Rivers, was it? Yep. Or is it Tom Brady? Yep, I think it was Phil. They put Philip Rivers on the screen when the offense was on the field, <laughs> and it got all the fans to boo, and Peyton was livid about that. 
and essentially called for the guy's job. Now, he was kind of joking. <laughs> he, like, said it tongue-in-cheek, but he was actually mad. So, anyways, other than that, I, I had never heard him rip anyone in public. And, yeah, that was that was brutal. But that wasn't a teammate. And that's just – it's typically not the best course of action if you're a leader. Is it good that Emmanuel's talking to him? Absolutely. that that That's fantastic. Uh, now – what does that conversation even look like? What What is Emmanuel telling him? Garrett, you got it. GB, gummy, you got to stop holding. I mean, it, is that the conversation? Or is it, is it here, Garrett, come, get into the building with me at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And is it that type of leadership? Or is it just, Garrett, you got to get better? I mean, what, what are we talking about, the, these conversations? Because let's say if Ron Leary said he had conversations with Garrett Bowles, I wouldn't read into what these conversations are. I'd feel pretty comfortable that Ron is taking him under his wing, whether it's getting in at 5 a.m., uh, whether it's listening to the coaching staff, uh, which there's been some reported issues with, or whether it's, you know, here's the techniques that, that you do to avoid holding. Emmanuel, I'm sure, isn't giving that type of information. I can only assume it's something along the lines of, hey, man, Munchak's in here now. Uh, you gotta, you gotta listen to everything he says because this dude is a Hall of Famer. And, and, and again, as, these aren't things that I don't think Garrett knows. Of course, he knows, but I think it's it's Emmanuel essentially just trying to encourage him and and make sure he stays in the mindset of learning. That's all I can really think about. Yeah, it it's got to be something like that. And let's, for Garrett's sake. Let's hope he is listening, and not just to Emmanuel, but to Mike Munchak, to Ron Leary, to Dalton Reisner. You hope he doesn't look at Dalton and says, well, I'm just going to tell him everything. He does, he can't tell me anything. And then Garrett's not just next to a rookie. He's completely on an island of his own. And then if he doesn't change his ways of picking up coaching, then, I mean, it, it's over. It, it, it's over for him. That could be what he's telling him. Right. Sometimes you need someone to yeah. step in and, and give you the truth. Someone somewhere needs to be telling Garrett Bowles, this is it, man. Yeah. If it doesn't work out this year, you could be done. Maybe not in the league, but no one's going to make you their starting left tackle ever again. Exactly. Maybe that's the conversation. If that's the conversation, applause to Emmanuel. Cause if it's someone, the brutal truth. Someone needs to tell him that. It's the truth. And... It probably should be his agent. Um, and everyone has a different relationship with their agent. But his agent could be the one who says, look, man, play great this year. And I mean great. And they'll pick up your fifth-year option. We'll cash in on that. And then you're going to have a chance to really make money. If you have two good years in a row, that's all he really needs. Mm-hmm. Plays good this year. Plays well this year. Plays well again next year. He's getting franchise left tackle money. Yep. Play poorly this year. Um, get on the wrong side of Mike Munchak. Won't be on the team next year. Exactly. And that's how teams are going to view him. Well, Mike couldn't do anything with him. So the best we're going to make him is, you know, what, a backup guard potentially? Ugh. Or just a backup swing tackle, really. Yeah. Y- yikes. And may- maybe it should be his agent. You're, you're right. Vic? 
still still needs to you know still needs to work with him. Mike hasn't probably been able to to dig that deep with him right now and see his true work ethic or see the lack of a work ethic for for whatever that is. His his fellow offensive linemen may just be too close to friends. Now I'm not saying that's right, but they just may feel that way. So maybe Emmanuel is the perfect person to to light a fire under there. You hope it's just not tear down, tear down, tear down, and then in the public, tear down, tear down. That's probably not the best form of leadership there, uh, but that's certainly headline-worthy from Emmanuel dropping a bomb like that. I don't like it. I really don't. I just, Even if you're just a different teammate hearing that, don't you cringe? Yeah, you do, because isn't aren't those conversations – and your true feelings about your current teammates kind of supposed to be kept inside, especially negative. I would say so. And and I would say to the point where, I, you know, if you're a leader on the team, you should have a meeting and say that. Right. Say, hey, guys, look, this is a family here. And we have to treat each other as such. And no matter how bad you think someone's playing or, or how much you disagree with something they did, that's what this place is for right here. Right here in this locker room, this is a safe place where we can talk about anything. But there's right. no reason to go outside of these walls and say anything bad about any of your teammates ever. Exactly. It's exactly, exactly how I feel. I just don't know what good comes from this. If Emmanuel's telling him this stuff in private, that's great. He, he, he needs it. In public, I don't know what you benefit from. I just don't. I don't either. But you know who's a guy who would probably never say anything bad about his teammate in public? Who? Andy Janovich, <laughs> a.k.a. Hamdi Hamovich, a.k.a. the great Jan Dino. Oh, I love it. Well, as a treat to you guys, the listeners, we had the one and only Hamdi Hamovich two-on-one, I was going to say one-on-one, for an interview after he put on a laser show at the UC Health's Healthy Swings Home Run Derby. And we're going to play that interview for you now. So it's a pretty fun one. Hope you enjoy. All right, BSN Broncos podcast here with Andy Janovich. Andy, I've got a new nickname for you. The Great Jan Bino. How do you feel about that? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I appreciate it, but no, no, no. What were you, honestly your expectations for yourself today? Because I doubted you. I have to admit, I didn't think that. I thought I thought the arms were too big to get the swing around, and uh, you, I think you planted four in the seats. What was your expectations? You know, just hit the ball. I didn't want to come out here and whiff twenty, which I think I ended up doing, but just just hit the ball and hit it hard. Even though they said just to make contact. What did you expect to happen first in your life? Your home run swing to become famous, or your truck to become famous? That's tough. I mean, if you would have said there's a list of things that'd be famous, neither one of those would have been on that. <laughs> Speaking of famous, you've become a bit of a folk hero on our podcast. And so we have to ask you some questions that come up on the podcast. One, how many holes are in a straw? I think just one, right? <laughs> so you're saying one hole all the way through? Right, all the way through. All right, uh, you got. Have you ever had a hot pocket? I think so, and maybe when I was a kid. A little hesitation, though. A little, a little hesitation. Yeah, yeah. See, he's never had a hot pocket. Yep. Yeah, but I maybe at a friend's house. <laughs> uh, what else we got? 
How do you feel about the nickname Hamdi Hamovich? Because you're just, it's just ham. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. It's, it's, it makes you sound fatter than anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we'll put an end to that one. I'm, I'm rolling with the great Jambino. All right. I think it translates to football as well. Well, have you had any nicknames that you've embraced in the past? Jano's the only one that has stuck ever since I was a little kid. So when you hear the quote, if only we had 22 Janos, when you first heard it, <laughs> what would you think? It just cracked me up. I loved Rocket. <laughs> I miss him, but he was a good guy and funny guy, too. I don't think he meant to say that. <laughs> that lives on for us, the media. Does that stick in the locker room? No, not at all. You guys, you guys are the only ones that embrace it. How do you think a football team would look with, with 22 Janos out there? Not good. Can you, can you play quarterback? Like, a, not good. Not good. What would be better, a football team with 22 Janos or a baseball team with nine Janos? Gosh, I don't that, Probably not football because I'm too slow to be receiver, running back, and too small to be uh, lineman and can't throw the ball worth the crap to be a quarterback so maybe baseball so what what you're saying right now is you just found your sport yeah maybe i'll switch i don't know <laughs> just come be a dh out here the rockies could use a little extra power i i think the ball goes a little faster during the game so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right man well we really appreciate you yeah, for coming no on problem. absolutely thanks andy yeah thank you the great jambino <laughs> well thanks to andy janovich for joining us the other day uh, that was fun he is very soft spoken and i think he was a little bit caught off guard <laughs> by how much attention he was suddenly getting from the media but i thought he was a good sport and played along and had some fun with it and i think he enjoyed having some off the wall questions because he's he's a different type of guy and i guess we have to uh put away hamdy hambovich because he thinks it just makes him sound fat <sighs> But it's a good one. I'm just rolling with the great Jan Bino from yeah. now on. Yeah, that, that is, that's pretty solid. Because even though it's a baseball nickname and it worked for his home run, it still just sounds good. What would, you, would you spend more of your money on bush light or dip? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one question that we forgot to ask him. And I regret it mightily. We wanted to ask him, yes. George Aston, yep. giant neck or no neck? <laughs> what if his answer was just, who? That would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Uh, but Jano, I mean, Jano's slowly becoming a media darling. He is. He, he is. What was, was he the second offensive player brought out this offseason? He was. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, but Jano was awesome. I appreciate him. Any other uh, any other favorite moments from that? Would you rather have a baseball team of Janos or a football team of Janos? He took the baseball team. He did. <laughs> I think pitching would be their biggest issue. Oh yeah. See, Unless you maybe maybe you doubt it again. Maybe well, he could rocket him in. He says he said with his own words, "I can't throw a football worth a crap." Mm. And that's that's what I'm seeing when I envisioned him. Swinging the bat. That's why I doubted him. Because I've seen him throw the football, and it just looks right. boxy. Yep. This is the way I can explain it. Tim tebow <laughs> Maybe a little worse than that. You'd but hope. Somehow he could get the bat through the zone, man. That was impressive. So what are you doing as a football team? You just running up the middle three yards at a time? 
The old... Um, they have Jano blocking for Jano. The old super eye formation mm. with four in the backfield. You got yep. quarterback, fullback, yeah. <laughs> tailback, whatever. Yep. You're just going fullback, 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 fullback. <laughs> and you got three Janos ahead of Jano throwing blocks like crazy. But are you running inside? Because then Jano is blocking, you know, Derek Wolf. Do you have to go outside so that, you know, a 240, 250 pound Jano is going up against a 250 pound Von Miller? You got to get outside and use those blockers to just blow away corners. This Oh, you'll have the best blocking receivers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you do. Oddly enough, you have to go outside with this plan. You got one Jano sealing one one corner just outside, right? Yep. Then you got the three... the. Yep. The two Janos in front of ball-carrying Jano, <laughs> sweeping out, and, and one is trying to uh, make sure he's going to chip yep. on the edge to keep Vaughn out of the play. And then the next one is getting the closest linebacker that's coming and pursuing, blowing them up. And then you've got ball-carrying Jano versus safety. And, and then he's just got to he's got to run him over. That's it. He doesn't even have to to break away from the tackle. He's just got to fall forward. Yep. So he needs to his blockers need to get him 2 yards and then he needs to be able to get, you know, one and a half after contact. You have to go outside because Derek Wolf on uh guard Jano is a bad <laughs> matchup. It is a very bad matchup. But but uh Chris Harris against receiver Jano mm. is is favorable for the Jano yeah, team. Yeah, sorry Chris. You're 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 a stud especially in the run game, but not against the Jano. God, I wish we could do this. Do you ever remember <laughs> back in the day with like NCAA 2004, you could play with the mascots? Yep. Yep. You I, have a full team full of mascots. I hated that. Why did you hate it so much? It's so unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were looking for? Yep. You were hoping it would be more realistic, like they couldn't catch or throw. Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. It was always funny if you did like a slow motion replay and looked at the quarterback, the ball was just like stuck to their mitt and they would just like <laughs> fling it like they're doing like a tomahawk chop and it would just fly like 60 yards so i take it you liked the mascot game no i really didn't <laughs> but i thought it was funny it like w- i would play it once in a while it was different I, I were you the type of person to create a player no really no unrealistic unrealistic and i could do a franchise for one year maybe two but then once you know players are on different teams i'm like no i can't do this Wow. That's mind blowing. <laughs> I you're not gonna like this. I would like I would like to create players that just looked so dumb. <laughs> like I would create like, a receiver that was like five five oh my with gosh. long gray hair <laughs> who like had a Fu Manchu mustache <laughs> who was playing in college. And would it look ridiculous? And it would look so funny <laughs> because I, I, depending on you know what my prerogative was at the time, I would either make them re- like a realistic, not realistic, but like better than they should be, but not like ninety nines, right? Or I would just make like this tiny little quarterback who's all ninety nines and can just like truck <laughs> over like safeties. Um, but again, this was when I was like eight or ten years old. So, then 
then I got more into like creating my player mm. who is like the quarterback. He's Ryan Konigsberg. He's yep. like, he got to develop them. Yep. They come up, you know, sucking and you got to make them good. So you do some fat running backs and stuff? Like what, what are oh, other yeah. off characters? Yeah. Like a uh, running back who's like seven feet tall, <laughs> 340 pounds, uh, looking like Shaq out there with a the football <laughs> in their hands. And then the other thing I'd like to do was and this was time consuming i would create a team and create all the players of my football team so like the football team i was on like the youth football team i was on i would create a team actual size no but relative actual size so Mm -hmm. like you know tall guy would be tall yeah i would try and get it as close as i could deficiencies all those things (laughs) And play like play seasons on seasons with my team. That's impressive. It was fun. That's it. So it took you months to get that set up before you could actually play a game. Probably just like a whole day. Whew. A whole day of the summer. That's dedication. It's fun stuff. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the uh, polarizing comment section. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava is the CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Zach, before we uh, move on to the questions, which are going to be interesting... I have to toot my own horn a little bit because oh. I'm proud of something. Oh. At the place where I work out, they do these six-week challenges, which is basically a combination of like who loses the most inches off their waist and, and arms and whatever, um, who shows up to the most classes, who loses the most weight or body fat percentage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And your boy... Won the latest oh, six-week challenge. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I, you know what? I'm just, I'm really proud of it is what it comes down to. So um, I wanted to share my good news. You've got to stop. You got to stop there though, because you're going to become invisible soon. Hey, I'm just trying to look like you now. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Um, but yeah. So that is awesome. So, you know. You I ready lo- to win the next one? I just love winning. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to show up at class today. And point in the face of every single person that's there. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. That's your great sportsmanship. I'm showing the championship belt to like Brenda, who's like 67, just trying to stay active. Brenda, you got to listen to me. I was the winner. Seven and a half inches, Brenda. What do you got on that? <laughs> and I'm going to beat you the next time, too. Uh that's me. That's the that's the kind of villain I am. And I think we have a lot of those villains lurking in our comment section, Ryan. All right. Well, this will be the this is the end today. These two segments <laughs> yep. are the end of soccer talk for the summer. But because it it was a sports related thing, I think we can get away with it. From Bronco Duck, who comes in first, Zach, dude, let's talk about women's soccer. <laughs> This was not a sportsmanship issue. This is the highest level of competition. You have to keep the pedal to the metal. It's the opposition's problem if they can't stop us, not ours. Additionally, point differentials matter in this tournament. You have to keep scoring. That's an important fact. 
And this is an interesting point that I didn't make, and I'll let you address because I know what you want to say really badly. Thailand, he says, Thailand cried not because of what the USA did, but what they weren't able to do. Don't put this on us. They put their life into their craft. How can you tell them to stop? This isn't about feelings. This is about winning. I still can't believe this is a national issue. LOL. Never in a million years did I think I'd post a soccer-only take on this podcast. Never in a million years did I think I was going to have to repeat what I'm about to say (laughs) about a million times on this podcast with what you guys left in the comment section. How many times did Bronco Duck mention celebrating in his comment? Zero times. Zero Guys, I think I even met. Well, I know I mentioned it yesterday. I said the U.S. could could beat them thirty zero. Maybe it was twenty zero. It was one of those numbers, and that's fine. I said that's fine because I understand the goal differential matters in this tournament. Although it's only to an extent, and the uh, you know this is professional sports, so I get all that. My whole thing was with the celebrating, and, and I think I said once you get to goal eight. You know, seven's pushing it. Once you're to go eight, nine, ten, stop the celebrating. So that's the first time I'll say that. Yeah, and I think we're gonna have to repeat a couple <laughs> takes here on this podcast. But one thing I want to mention that actually, no, I'll wait. I, we I have to pace myself because I have to address the actual people who talked about it. So that is, whenever these national debates get sparked, a lot of the nuance gets lost, and I'm not mm-hmm. blaming any of the commenters mm-hmm. here. It's just. You're fired up. I'm not even going to go into the, the last one that was like this. But it does get lost. Like, you, at no point did you ever say they shouldn't have beat them 13-0. In fact, you con- consistently repeated, <laughs> I don't care if they beat them 13-0. You just got to stop celebrating at some point. Exactly. So this one, you can defend, Ryan. Coming in from Sunny Rain. Ryan, I couldn't disagree more. If the, UN's, if the U.S. women's team were playing an opponent that was thought to be a better team, and it turned out that the opposite was true, I'd have no problem with what occurred. But everyone knew going into this game that it was going to be a beatdown. Instead of being gracious and understanding the massive disparity between the two teams, we, the United States, acted as if we, were, if, as if we conquered Goliath. It's fine to win. It's fine to beat a team down. It's not cool to represent the U.S. as a bunch of arrogant idiots with zero clue of that there are subtle political and diplomatic nuances involved. This isn't the NCAA. And when you... Don't even go here. (laughs) Don't even go here. He he goes on to say, now, if... (laughs) If this were CU football versus Nebraska and we beat them 91 to 0, go crazy all day long because I'll never forget their diss of Sal and Nessie. But that's personal. I think there is some and it's funny that this happened because he brought politics. I'm not we're not going into politics. And and I said to you before the podcast I was like this is yep. almost political. Yep. Um it shouldn't be. To me it's just sports. And it's, I don't necessarily disagree with you that there, it was supposed to be a blowout. It was a blowout. There was no need to celebrate. The, the place where I just, I can't get past is you are scoring a goal on the greatest stage. I've never trained for four years for anything in my life. I've never looked forward to anything for four years of my life, except for the Olympics and the World Cup, just watching them on my couch. I think when there's four years of buildup to something, and remember, this is the first game. You, when you get out there and you score, you celebrate. Like you gotta celebrate because it's it's 
it's something that you've worked for so long for. And it's why a lot of coaches tell their players in practice, hey, you make a play, go celebrate, go celebrate with all your teammates. Like, we work so hard for this. When you make that play, you got to go celebrate. And that's where I think people are – what I think people are missing here is, like, they, they were looking forward to scoring in the World Cup for four years, to defending their title for four years. They finally got out there and do that. Let them celebrate. Let them have fun. Two points. Yes, it was the biggest stage. You're you're playing a JV team, and and just just like uh, just like Sunny Rain said, you knew they were JV going in. So celebrate to a scoring a goal on a JV team. Give some high fives. Do a little jig on your own. Don't make it a team celebration. I have a point that I want to make so badly, but I know someone brought it up directly, so I'm, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm really trying to show restraint here. You're doing a good job. Next one here comes in from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame. He says, I'm in the middle when it comes to the sportsmanship on, when it comes to sportsmanship on a professional level. I agree that if you don't want your butt kicked, get better. On the flip side, I think it's better to make them cry on the sideline because you're kicking their butt on the field. Looking at you, Super Bowl 50 Cam Newton. <laughs> I always told my 11 and under travel baseball team to act like you've been here before. It's important to have fun, but you can reach a point where you disrespect the game. Also, as someone that has been deployed to Iraq, I've seen firsthand how other countries perceive the United States. It's always important to remember you represent more than yourself when you wear a team logo, especially the red, white, and blue. And I think it's a fair point. And I mentioned that yesterday. But to me, like... I don't know if if the perception is that we win by a lot and celebrate hard. I, I don't mind it. You don't mind even it, even if it's slightly arrogant. I mind it. Fair enough. He goes on. Quick hitters, Ryan. My Razorbacks are in the college baseball World Series. I recently discovered the CU Buffs have no baseball team. My question is: Is the athletic decision makers at CU in fact terrorists? Jeez. I'm not even going to keep going on Wow. Wow. Also, CSU does not have a baseball team. I don't think there's a major baseball program in this state. You've got Air Force and Northern Colorado are the only two um, bigger schools that have teams. Yeah, are they even in a major conference? I don't think so. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, If you want to be mad at someone, don't be mad at the decision makers at CU. And, and I don't think you should be mad at this either, but it's Title Nine that has made it difficult for um, places like CU to add sports. And it's and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And there's a whole Title IX debate. That'll get political, too. I don't want to do that. Um, but it's expensive to add two sports. Mm, and That aren't basketball or football. Well, right. And if you are to add men's baseball, you also have to add women's softball. Mm. And those two cannot be played on the same field. So you have to create – and you obviously can create a facility that has two fields, uh, as I'm sure most teams do. But it just – it's really expensive. And CU, uh, when you ask the athletic director, Rick George, you know, when are we going to add baseball, he essentially says when we are competitive and profitable – in the sports that we currently have. And essentially the real answer is when we get good in football again, because football is in most athletic departments, football is the only sport that makes money. It's crazy to say, and it's not a disrespect to any of the other places because even men's basketball 
usually doesn't make money unless you're at, you know, a blue blood program. So the Buffs need to sell out the football stadium for a couple of years before they have any dispensable income. Right now, football is just paying the bills to make sure they're not in the red. It's a really good point. And he, he next goes on to ask, Zach, how did you become an Alabama fan? Thanks for all the butt kickings in football. And why, why I read that really quick was to connect it to this. Alabama football not only pays for all of the other sports, they pay for the entire expansion of the school. And I think they've tripled. Their school has tripled in building size in the past 15 or 20 years thanks to the football team. It, and so uh, my, my girlfriend's mom specifically thinks it's absurd how much the, these head coaches make at colleges. And I don't disagree. It's crazy that you know Nick Saban gets $10 million a year. And, no, it's and, not. And around that. For that exact reason. And that, that's exactly why. Uh, on the surface, it's crazy. And on the surface, if, if you view it as he's taken $10 million away from the school, well, then it seems crazy, right? And the thing that really gets people up in arms is if you, list, if you do a list of the highest paid state employees right. in each state, every single one of a yep. major college football program is the football coach. Right. But then what does it do? And Nick Saban brings in millions of times more money than he, that, than he makes uh, to benefit the school. So he takes $10 million away from what the school or state could be spending, but brings in literally hundreds of millions of dollars more than, than that each and every year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the perfect example of it is when I was in school, in high school, is when Oregon was on their football rise. Yeah. So many of my friends went to Oregon. <laughs> yep. I'm like, we're going from 300 days. You're going from 300 days of sunshine <laughs> to 300 days of overcast. Yep. Like, the football team was cool. They wore sweet Nike uniforms. Yep. All the gear looks cool. Yeah. That The face of most schools, especially on a grand stage, is football. Yeah, and when the football team's cool and you they they pan over to the student section, they're having so much fun. There's 17, 16, 15 year old kids sitting there saying, "Oh my god, yeah, I want to do that." Yeah, so you're right. You know, these uh, football is the ultimate face of, of of the university, and I think it's taken a while for people at CU to be convinced of that. But I actually think they understand that now, which is a good start. It is a good start, and boy, it just shows you why not just in the NFL, but football is king in this country. All right, he goes on. Ryan, I agree that Delaware is not an actual place. Thank you. <laughs> he says, in fact, the postal designation, DE stands for doesn't exist. <laughs> Stealing that. When are you going to ask Flacco if he actually attended college, and if so, can he furnish a degree as proof? <laughs> I think the fictional school that is Delaware University is considered to be a pretty solid uh, um, academic institution. And they hide themselves by wearing Michigan's uniforms. It's just Michigan. Exactly. <laughs> he says, disclaimer, I struggle between being a mature adult even at age of 31. Do I have the service for you? Weinster. <laughs> Get Weinster. I swear you'll grow up instantly. He says, my wife is always telling me to stop joking around so much. So if I say something that seems like a joke, it probably is. I always tell her on a scale of 1 to 100, my maturity level is about a 69. A wise man once said, don't take life too serious. You'll never make it out alive. Ha ha. That's good. And I love that because that's 
pretty much where we like exactly look at yesterday <laughs> yeah we're in a heated debate but we're like laughing at each other through the whole thing yep we i mean my number one approach to bsn denver is how do we make it fun mm-hmm. because it's sports are fun right and even when it seems losing we still find a way to have fun because that's the whole point of this it's supposed to be entertainment it's not supposed to be this like grueling thing and sometimes it can be and like playoff hockey takes years off of my life but th- that's the payoff is like you want that but in the end the point of this is to have fun that's the reason yeah. why you do things that are based on around entertainment so all we're ever trying to do is have fun out here exactly he finishes up with love you guys and thanks for the long answer yesterday that was great insight into the topic and i love hearing your take on this type of stuff thanks and stay classy nacho brad chimes in briefly he says i think i found my bsn league team name the Thailand of fantasy football, <laughs> rising in relevance and first in your heart, Nacho Brad. Love it, Nacho Brad. I've got to, uh, I've got to think on a, a fantasy name for this year. Yeah, I don't have anything yet. Mm. Maybe the great Jambino. Mm, that's pretty good. All right, from Rob, he says RK is right when it comes to the women's national team for the reason that Zach actually mentioned: goal differential. The U.S. has Sweden in their group, and they're a good team that's going to score a lot in the group stage. The U.S. has to keep the pedal to the floor and score as much as possible to stay ahead of Sweden. In the next game, Sweden could put out six goals while the U.S. just puts up one. Scoring is hard as in international soccer, and you have to take advantage of those goals where you can. Thirteenth goal is just as important as the first. If the U.S. and Sweden have the same win-loss record at the end of the group stage, these goals will be the tiebreaker or <laughs> tiebreaker. I see what you did there, Rob. Good on the women's team for nas- for recognizing the importance of each goal and celebrating the first mm. World Cups of the new players on the team. Side note, are you sure you don't want to cover soccer at BSN? You would have been able to celebrate if it was 5-0. Like, or if you won 13-0, celebrate after the game. I don't care about that. It's each and every goal. But he makes an interesting point here. Each and every goal is of equal importance after really the one that's separating you and the team. So maybe it's a, a mentality thing for them to say, let's treat each goal, let's treat each after each goal, like it's a zero, back to zero zero again, and and I I wouldn't be surprised if the coach said that. I told them after every goal, it's zero zero, go get another. It's zero zero, go get another. It's zero zero, go get another. And and you know what? When you score it, act like it's the first goal of the game. Maybe that is part of the way they try to wire themselves to not let off the gas. Because look how many times in sports we've seen a team go up big and let off the gas and and let another team come back. Now. There was no chance of Thailand coming back. But maybe it was important for them to get those goals and make sure they're thinking of it as we have to run the score up. No problem with running the score up. But at goal seven, the coach can say, okay, you don't have to, you don't have to celebrate like it was, it's your first goal after you score again, though. Sometimes in lower-level soccer, could even go as low as high school or as high as high school. When a team goes up by, we'll say, seven goals. Sure. They start taking a player off the field for every goal they score. <laughs> they should do that here. Nope. Next one. At least he, but he did address the celebrations. And I think this next one does as well. Coming in from Coltrane, fully team RK on this one. If you don't want the other team celebrating, then stop them from scoring. 
I see no issue celebrating or even talking some trash during the game at the professional level. They are pros. If you can't handle losing or your opponent celebrating, you shouldn't be competing in the first place. But I will say after the game, or but I will say after the game is over, there's no sense in rubbing it in. And here's what I'll say. They all are professionals. Kind of. I mean, you're kind of doing the kind of, and that's exactly what I was going to say, is we don't have an equal playing field here. Uh, the United States, I'm sure, has hundreds of more resources that, than a team like the Thai. If, if the U.S. does this to Sweden, who I think is another favorite to win this, if they do that, if, if they take this, then you know what? I'm not going to feel as strongly about the celebrating because you do have to take, take the circumstances in. They're not quite pros. Yeah. Um, and, and I can acknowledge that. Again, I'm, I, I, I think what's important to realize about my perspective here is I'm just not, the, I'm not worried about the other team. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter if it's you and me yeah. or, uh, you know, a group of kindergartners. And that's, I think, what the U.S. has to tell themselves. Don't see the opponent. All we have to worry about is ourselves. Let's play the best soccer we can and keep ourselves in a groove, not let up off the gas, and not treat anyone like we're a juggernaut. We have to treat ourselves like we're, we're, like we're just playing. It doesn't matter who's there. We're playing our game, and we're going to celebrate when we score because that's what we've worked so hard for. This is odd, Ryan, but you're showing pretty good sportsmanship to me right now despite beating me down. Another one comes in from 49th <laughs> State Bronco. He says, I'm with you, Ryan. Play as hard as you can and beat them by as much as you can. Isn't receiving a serious butt-kicking motivation to fight harder next time? Why is all the onus of good sportsmanship on the winners? I respect a loser that takes it on the chin and comes back fighting harder next time. I've seen the Broncos on the bat on the bad end more times than I can count and have never been pissed at the winning team. <sighs> Not pissed at them beating their teeth in. <laughs> It's them beating their teeth in and then showing them their teeth and celebrating with their teeth. I'm just, I'm, cha- I, I'm liking my new take of it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You can't be thinking about your opponent. You can only think about yourselves. Selfish, not sportsmanship. <laughs> you know what? Uh, when I was a senior in high school, we played in, uh, a bunch of my friends convinced me to join the ultimate frisbee team and it was probably the most fun i've ever had playing sports we had so much fun and you know what zach what in ultimate frisbee there is obviously a champion who's crowned yep and there's also something called the spirit award given to the okay. team that displayed the best sportsmanship we won the state championship we did not win the spirit award <laughs> Do you think the folks who won the Spirit Award are still talking about it 10 years later like I am right now? I'm not going to lie. I thought this was going to have a very happy ending. And no. you, you were going to say you won both. No, we sure didn't. But we won and had a whole lot of fun doing it. I went to uh, to a basketball camp hosted by Metro State when I was a kid. Went for a few years and they gave out awards at the, at the end of the week. And... Uh, I don't remember what the prizes were. Maybe like a, a autographed basketball by the Metro Metro State men's team, which is what division three. I mean, it, it's not a very well known program around here. Certainly not around the country. And uh, I won the sportsmanship <laughs> award. 
And it came with the biggest prize. Which was what? It came with a Colorado Avalanche hat signed by every member of the Stanley Cup team. That is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's where I got it from. Just from my winnings. You won that. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, Zach. I won uh, in high school something referred to as the Spirit of Fairview Award. Oh, and I wish I had it on hand to read the description, but it was something along the lines of given to the person who displays the most school spirit while also encompassing the values and whatever that the school stands for. Mm, do, do, does uh, Fairview's, are Fairview's values just beating the crap out <laughs> of opposing teams? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but the funny thing is the reason that I believe I won this award is because early in the basketball season, our basketball team was really good, and um, I like I was kind of considered like one of the leaders of the student section because mm-hmm. um, I can't play defense, so I was never on the team. <laughs> but early in the season, I actually got kicked out of a game. Oh, for bad sportsmanship. <laughs> it wasn't really that bad. It was just like kids, you know. So it's exactly ma- it. It's like when you're at. Uh, 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 like I think it was from like chanting BS at the ref. Okay. Okay. Which is like something that happens when you're at a game. Um, but the, the like principal called me in and was like, Hey man, like these people like look up, you know, they look to you and like, so you have to be the leader. So then mm-hmm. I like, try, I really got my act together after that <laughs> and uh, really turned it around. That's impressive. So I do, I can, I can show some mercy. I think you're getting your act together and turning it around in this in this section right here. All right. Well, we got a, a long one. You want to alternate on it? We, we should. Coming in from Kay Peng, he says, Hey, guys, just want to comment on the current topics on the pod. One, I became a Broncos fan at age seven after my mom remarried. My stepdad got stationed in Fort Carson in Colorado. Before we left Hawaii, I remember the Broncos went to the Super Bowl against the Packers and being told the Broncos were the football team of Colorado. So we watched... So we watched the Broncos win, and I've been a fan ever since. I started off as a fan with back-to-back championships. Not a bad way to begin, I must say. I never looked back, even when times were bad. Things are looking up now for sure. I bet after they won those back-to-back championships, you didn't ask the question, but were they good sports about it? (laughs) Were they bad sports, though? No, the Broncos were always a pretty good uh, symbol of good good sports in fact you wrote a good uh piece about that about uh last draft it wasn't really about sportsmanship as much as it was about like character right which could be tied in that could be tied in i'm not gonna (laughs) deny it two as for jerseys i never had one as a kid i only had Broncos shirts those are good when i started making my own money i finally bought one i'm careful about which jerseys i buy i think about how long the player has left on their contract and the possibility of being a long-term bronco so my first jersey was a dark blue champ bailey then a white Peyton Manning, then an orange Von Miller. Thinking maybe Chubb, Lindsay, or possibly Locke. What do you guys think? Chubb is the safest bet. Yep, Chubb, Lindsay, and Locke is the riskiest bet right now. Yep, but and you don't get any discount on that. <laughs> exactly. He skips three, goes to four. Will Drew Locke get a lot of playing time in the Hall of Fame game against the Falcons? That would be so much more entertaining than watching Kevin Hogan. Hogan mania. <laughs> Hogan mania is going to Canton, baby. Hogan mania that no one wants to see. Uh, we're with you, man. I don't want to travel all the way to Kitten, Ohio to watch Kevin Hogan play a half of football. You get to go to Ohio to watch Kevin Hogan. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. In, in the beginning of August, too. They're going to start that. calling Canton Hogan. 
<laughs> the the pride of Canton. Yeah. Yeah, that's a game he belongs in. No. Yeah, not this year. <laughs> Maybe they'll do like an early cut. Early cuts in training camp. Just one. Just one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hogan's probably a really nice guy. In fact, actually he is. I've I've talked to him. He is a really nice guy. He he is a nice guy. He can be the third string though. Fourth string. <laughs> he says, five, any love for banana cream pie? If you ever come to Hawaii, there's a delicious Ted's chocolate. Halpia? Halpia pie you guys should try. wonder if it's so, like banana cream banana pie. cream? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about banana cream pie? Yeah, I can dig it. You're big on it's that? It's like key lime pie. It's like the non-fruit pie. It's, it's, it's I'd, got his own ice cream. I like bananas. Okay. I generally don't like banana flavored things. Mmm. I wouldn't not eat banana cream pie if it was the only option, but if I'm ranking pies, it's going to fall very far down my rankings. Wow. That's, that's sad. Strawberry rhubarb, key lime, apple pie, um, pecan pie, I would put above it. The Ted's chocolate hapui put above it. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a, it's not the banana cream pie is bad. I get it. It's just not your favorite. He says five. Or, no, the best fruit, that's a hard one, but one fruit that I just can't like how, no matter. can't like, no matter how many times I've tried, are cantaloupes. Cantaloupes make me used to feel a little sick when I was growing up, but now I can eat them. Really? Yeah. I can, tilope. <laughs> but he can't, tilope. <laughs> but the best podcast and articles by far is done by bsn denver thanks guys for all your hard work aloha k-peng thank you k-peng and when we make it out to hawaii during the world tour hint hint yes uh we will definitely try ted's pie next one coming in from cold train with everyone sharing how they became broncos fans i'd figured i'll share my story i was five years old and i somehow still remember this very vividly it was during the regular season of the Broncos' first Super Bowl year. I was watching a Broncos-Raiders game with my dad, who was a diehard Raiders fan, and tried his best to make me a Raiders fan. The Broncos ended up blowing out the Raiders with Elway and TD lighting them up. My dad was curious, or was cursing both of their names the entire game, and I found it to be hilarious. I knew in that moment I had to be a Broncos fan, and ever since then, my dad and I have been at odds every football season, and we never have more fun than watching Broncos Raiders games together, talking trash at every turn. Is that how like PFM started with someone who didn't like it? Mm, probably. Know, Peyton, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you know what? Something funny. What? I can't. Look at the restaurant P.F. Chang's without thinking Peyton fucking Chang's. I probably will never be able to now either. I hope no one else can because I always think it's hilarious and I just say it when I drive by and it's, 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 it's entertaining. P.F. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, next one here is a long one from Tom Mercury. I'm catching up on comments due to a job change and a schedule change, but I always make time for the BSN Broncos podcast. Hopefully it was a promotion. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Hopefully. (laughs) He's like, no, I got fired, and now I work at a gas station. Uh, One, a Broncos jersey that you can't wear anymore would be a Marquette King jersey. His Mm. exit was ugly. You probably shouldn't have had that in the first place. Yeah, we would have told you no. Two, how do you feel about jersey fouls? I mean, specifically a jersey that is not a player's name or something, but a joke. That's personalized. Oof, I'm strongly against that one. 
Yeah, no. Like one that says like number one and it says like Big Daddy or no, something on the back? No, yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> number one mom. You just spend the exact same amount of money. More. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's going to cost you like 165 That's crazy business. No. Uh, What about like... My buddy had a Tebow one. It was number 15, but instead of Tebow on the back, it said the chosen one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not on board? No. I could see... There's got to be one that could be cool. It's just the, like... Like, what if you got 32 and it said the great Jambito <laughs> on the back? That, that'll be a unique one. I'll tell you that. All right, he goes on and skips three to four. How do you feel about Franken jerseys? Half one team, half another. What if it's a cross sport one? Um, wow. No. On ninety nine point nine percent of the accounts, the one that I actually think is decent, the Walker one. Mm. It's it's hate. It gets hated on a lot. It catches a lot of hate, but it's clever. They both wore 33. It checks out. It actually yeah. spells it. I approve. Yeah. And I think I'm in the very large minority on that. If it works, then it's cool. Also, it was a lot it was more popular when they were both playing. Right. Now that it's it's like a vintage thing. If right. you have one, it's like, oh damn. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All the other ones are bad. <laughs> There's nothing worse than like you're at a Rockies Cubs game and someone has like a half Rockies, half Cubs. It's like, come yeah. on, man, pick a side. We're at war. Exactly. <laughs> Five. How do you feel about wearing a jersey that is not a team playing? Like a USA Olympic hockey jersey at an Avs Knights game or a Packers jersey at a Broncos Rams game? Very thin line between those two things. If you are wearing a Paul Stasny U.S. hockey jersey while he's on the mm. Avs, Right. Acceptable. Right. Um, there was... Oh, my God. I'm going to forget their name. Dang it. The team that Nathan McKinnon played for in, like, juniors or whatever, I saw someone who had that jersey. Really cool. That's sick. Yep. If you are wearing a Brett Favre jersey... No. ...at a Broncos-Rams no, 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 game... No, 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 no. Leave. Yes. Get out of here. You are not what welcome. Are, no. Get out of here. And, and in fact, you- this goes for you guys, too. Let's say you live in... Uh, Ohio, right, right? You're catching an Ohio State Michigan game. Oh. Don't you dare wear a Broncos jersey. No, it just looks ridiculous. Either what are you doing spending the hundred dollars on the jersey, or what are you doing spending the hundred dollars on the ticket? You don't have just because it's a football stadium doesn't mean you have to wear a football jersey. <laughs> exactly. Just wear a nice shirt that you like. Exactly. He says six. The women's soccer team can and should score as much as they can, but the over-the-top celebrations and taunting are cross the sportsmanship line, especially in professional sports. These women are seen as role models the same way men athletes are. Great comment. I agree. They are role models, and I like the example they're setting. <laughs> Win by as much as you possibly can, and have the most fun while doing it. Skip seven, of course. My Broncos origin story is a slow burn. Born and raised in Colorado, I defaulted to all home teams and still do. I never cared much 
for football as a sport. I have good childhood memories of the back-to-back Super Bowls with Elway and TD, but I didn't become a real fan in my own right until fantasy football. Weekly making weekly making lineup decisions, I had to start watching games of all the teams to see how I was doing that day. And that was peak PFM years. And it eventually morphed into true Broncos fandom for me. You guys made that transition easier. Thanks, by the way. Happy to have you any way you came. Uh, I have to say, every fantasy championship I ever won in my career was with Peyton Manning as my quarterback. Yeah. Did you have him in 2013? I sure did. And you know who else I had that year? Who? Adrian Peterson. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. I mean, I could count on like 60 points a week from just them. That's absurd. That's absurd. They were both coming off injuries. Wow. Yep. So I got or 2012. That would be 2012. 2012. 2012. Yep. They were both coming off injuries. One and two in MVP. Yeah. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Dog. Eight or no? That was eight. Nine. A while back. Did you mention that we skipped seven? Skip seven. A while back, you guys mentioned in passing that you should get Brandon Perna on the show sometime. I'm officially making a request to bring him on one day. If you haven't checked out his YouTube, you should. He has good takes and is generally very funny. Well, we've checked out his YouTube. (laughs) In fact, uh, Brandon worked for BSN for a Mm -hmm. period of time. He did. So we love Brandon. It really just comes down to me, like, remembering by the time we finish this show (laughs) to send a text to Brandon Perna to come on the show. Exactly. And this is a perfect time of year to do that, Zach. It is. So maybe I will do that today. Um, But before we do that, got to tell you about Weinster. If you're like me and you're trying to pretend that you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult, or if you just really like wine, you have to check out our friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes them special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple wines, as a club member, you can have them sent straight back to your door with no shipping costs. And I, of course, love Weinster a little extra because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up today with the code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine. Start being a real grown-up or at least pretending like you want to be a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Sign up today. All right, Zach, let's keep this thing rolling with the questions. You got the next one there? Next one from Lone Star Bronco says, Hey, guys. He's got a list here. One, missed the train on super cheap DT jerseys, all sold out in my size, unfortunately. Dang. Two, celebration should be saved for the end of the game. My dad always told me when you're the best, you don't have to dance like a clown for the attention. It killed me watching Cam Newton parade around all year. Luckily, the Broncos' defense took care of that in the Super Bowl, and I was able to watch him flop on the ground like a child. Being a champion is as mental as it is physical. And this actually, the next comment will relate back to this. Real quick, though, when you're in the NFL, you don't need to do anything to garner attention. The Women's World Cup got a whole lot of attention that they wouldn't have gotten previously. So I think it was actually worth calling the attention to themselves. It was. Skip three, four. If I could bring a non-Bronco to the team for his entire career, it would be Larry Fitz. Insanely productive and a very classy guy. Ah, Lone Star Bronco seems like a classy guy. Going after all the class. Five. Fitz, Fitz is definitely all class. Five. I second the Ryan Clady in his prime if I can figure a way 
to ensure he stays healthy. Six, I feel like Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, should get more flack from the fans that he signed a he signed a large deal and then fell short in almost all ways than left for a division rival, not to mention bringing politics into my football. But that's a separate conversation. Certainly is. Not for this podcast. <laughs> um, the, the only thing that you're missing there is just that the Broncos sent him packing. Right. They cut him. It's not as if he like demanded a trade to the Raiders. Right. That's true. Skip seven. But... He, I, it is weird to me that he he's like still beloved by the fans. It's really true. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't good ever after Super Bowl Fifty, really. Mm-mm. And he took their money, just like he said. Eight. How many home runs did George Aston hit? Hashtag No Chance No Neck. Wasn't there. Wasn't there. Was wasn't sca- there he was scared it. of Jano. He didn't want to fall behind Jano in any aspects. And finally, nine. I'm running my first five k on the Fourth of July, and it got me thinking. Dry fit BSN shirts would be awesome. Golf shirts also. Keep up the work. Dry fits are pretty expensive, but golf shirts. Ah, I love it. I would love to be able to wear a BSN golf shirt to training camp. I I would wear it every day. We should get like one that's blue with white letters. Yep. One that's blue with orange letters. One that's white with blue letters. I love it. Let's I do love it. it. And kind of uh, piggyback on uh, the, the last comment, Dark Saber comes in and says, Zach, I hope you don't end up with my comment because I'm very much with Ryan (laughs) on the sportsmanship debate. The 2015 NFL season solidified it for me. I spent that entire year not only cheering for the league's best defense in the Broncos, but also being profoundly annoyed by the endless celebrations coming from Cam and the Panthers. And in almost karmic kind of way, I got to watch Von Miller live out the idea of, if you don't like them celebrating, go stop it. The Broncos did a lot of celebrating <laughs> in Super Bowl 50. They did a lot of dancing. And what was the final score? 24-13, is that what it was? It's not a blowout. Would you have said there was a point where they should have stopped celebrating? No. Okay. In that game? No. So, okay, okay. All right. I'm I'm, I'm peeling the onion here. So, if the U.S. does this in the World Cup final, you're cool with it. What is... What's the equivalent of an 11-point win in soccer to football? The Broncos being by 11. Probably a one-goal win. Yeah. Celebrate all you want. If it's 8-7, if it's to seven, celebrate all eight goals because it's semi-close. I think they won the last final by quite a bit, too. I think they won like 4-5-0. or five, zero. Yeah. So okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be condescending at all. I'm just no, trying to figure yeah. out. I'm trying yeah. to find out where your line is. I'm okay with celebrating. I know you are. Yeah, <laughs> I actually feel like I understand your your take just about as good as anyone. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> um, he goes on and says, as a side note, my original username had the four nines added because I thought Dark Saber was the best thing I'd ever thought of as a young Star Wars nerd, but I quickly realized I needed to change it slightly when I tried to sign up for an email account using it and found out it wasn't quite as unique as I originally thought. Young me surmised quickly that adding four nines would make it something I could use easily as a username and not run into that problem again. From now on, though, around here, we can just keep it a dark saber. Mm. I like that. <laughs> You're living out your dream of, of owning that. Now, Ryan, EpiPen Ernie comes in, and I have to read the comments as well that were added to it. It says... If it's all about winning, then Tyreek Hill is on the field. Foco OG, or 
Fokojo? <laughs> is that what? Fokoji. Fokoji says, super good point. The way Ryan talked about doing any to win made it sound like playing Hill would be justified. And Sil Forge also says exactly what I was thinking the whole time. So you got to reset me. What is this sportsmanship or no? I think it's in relation to me saying like the only thing that matters is winning and it doesn't matter how you do it. But in regards to sportsmanship. In regards okay. to sportsmanship. Okay. There is you guys are crossing a massive <laughs> a massive line here to take that to saying like play criminals and terrible people. Like like I'm not going to be the person who is saying you're comparing you're comparing Tyreek Hill to Mallory Pugh just because she celebrated it when she scored late in the game. But let's not make that leap. That's a bit of a ridiculous leap. I think we can all agree on that, except for apparently these guys. <laughs> in no way am I saying, you know, uh, go get Aaron Hernandez if he was alive and bring him, out, bring him back out on the field just because you should win. No, I'm just saying win and have as much fun as you can doing it sportsmanship is is on the field that's kind of a morality and legality question off the field that i i agree that seems like something completely it's a big different. there's a big leap a really big leap between <laughs> celebrate goals and play child abusers right and woman beaters when you put it like that i think everyone can see that that gap okay next one coming in from carpaccio chris says hey 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 uh, in the fat albert voice we'll do it right then. <laughs> you do it hey hey hey, hey, hey. <laughs> first i want to give a shout out to nacho brad for organizing this fantasy league for the bsn community we all have our own obligations in everyday life and it seems he puts in solid time putting these together for all of us so thank you i won't be able to make it to, bl- to the draft at Blake Street Tavern, but I will be at the preseason game against the Rams, reaping, repping orange and blue on behalf of Broncos country. Awesome, Carpaccio. Chris, and yeah, huge shout-out to Brad. We got an update last night that I believe there's 53 teams involved now. Wow, we got a whole 53-man roster. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, from Foco G. I live somewhere between both of you on the sportsmanship debate, but maybe a bit closer to Ryan's side. That's weird because you just said that I was, I was saying playing Tyreek Hill is – Okay. Maybe he thought it was just Tyree killed. I don't know. Maybe he didn't think that was Maybe there's a different conversation that we're <laughs> yeah, that we can't that. remember. All right. He says, I think that society has been devaluing healthy and important competition as of late, and it's more detrimental than if beneficial. When I was eight years old, I was in Cub Scouts, and they held an annual Pinewood Derby race. Were you in Cub Scouts? No. Huh. Were you? You like a Cub Scout guy. <laughs> hey, because my sportsmanship? Yeah. <laughs> Because I wasn't. Maybe that's where I missed the boat. I missed it too. All right. Anyways, he said, I, I won a second place trophy each year I participated. I bet the guy who beat you was like your mortal enemy. <laughs> However, my younger brother participated in, a couple years ago. And when I asked if he placed or not, he said there was no winner. And everyone received a participation certificate so as to protect kids' feelings. I think that's doing kids a disservice and failing to prepare, prepare them for the competitive the competitive reality of the world we live in. Nobody is given anything in reward for half-asked. I think he meant, I think he's just uh, editing that for us, to no effort. Yeah, there definitely has to be winners and losers. Yeah. Your whole life there's going to be winners and losers in everything you do. Yeah, yeah. And that's why maybe the answer is no participation trophies, but, you know, you just make everyone feel good. 
And you don't rub it in that, that they were the losers. I think the fact that Thailand made it to the World Cup is a participation trophy in itself. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, right. that was their reward. They made it. They got to play. Right. And they got to measure themselves against the greatest team in the world. And they realized they got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully their country backs them in training to get back here four years from now and put on a better showing. Maybe. You know how much I would tip my cap if they came back four years from now and beat the U.S.? That'd be huge. I hope they'd celebrate all over them. I do, too. I wouldn't want... I, I would be upset that, that my team <laughs> lost, but I would tip my cap like crazy to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. He says, connecting it to sports, I think the women on the USA team could respectfully and enthusiastically celebrate every goal they score from 2 to 20, so long as such celebrations don't appear to be cocky, bragging, or disrespectful in nature. But it's also my opinion that once a team has established such dominance in a game, I think it gets to a point where humble silence says more than a sideline party. And I think there's something to be said for that, sure. Uh, I might even, if my team was a juggernaut, I might even advocate and say never celebrate. Mm. It's so intimidating. (laughs) Right. You know? Um, There's a kid on my little league baseball team who ended up playing in the minor leagues. Mm. Uh, And so he was obviously a beast when we were in little league. And he set the record for home runs in a season. And eventually, one time my coach, when he went up to bat, said, hey, if he hits a home run. Because you remember in the league when you hit a home run, everyone goes out to the plate and celebrates. He said, if he hits a home run, no one move. (laughs) He hit a home run, jogged around the bases, touched home plate, walked in the dugout, sat down, and it was the most badass thing I've ever seen. (laughs) That is. It's maybe never happened in the league anywhere in the world. (laughs) And... So shout out to Tucker. Um, <laughs> that was cool to me. I, I totally can get with that. Here's where I think this is the point I've been dying to make. If they had gotten in the face of the, the Thailand players, if they had, you know, spiked whatever the soccer equipment was like spiking the ball right next to them staring them down anything like that i actually would have had a problem with right i would have said okay now now you're taking it beyond celebrating and now you're putting them down and i think there is a line there i'm I'm showing some humanity here i think there is a line there where you you say there's no need to berate them in any way right as long as you celebrate with your team and keep it to your players, I think it's totally fine. Is But the second that you cross that line and now you're actually rubbing it in, because I don't think they were, quote-unquote, rubbing it in. I think they were celebrating with their teammates. Right. If you cross that line and you're, and you're like, uh, like point like what if they were like pointing and laughing at them you know right that would say that would cross the line of like okay now you're actually for lack of a better term being dicks right i've been really wanting to make that's been i think that i think i think that's fair i think that's fair as well goes on thank you he goes on and says ultimately i'm saying the usa players should be able to celebrate if they can be classy about it if they chose to rub it in instead i think that's bad sportsmanship which i think is inc- extremely important contrary to ryan's opinion well I didn't even read that part that you just said yet, but no, that's exactly where my opinion stands. Celebrate with your team. I don't think that's rubbing it in. Even if it's choreographed dances, I don't think it's rubbing it in. If you are, if your celebration somehow involves them, then I think that's where you've crossed the line to rubbing it. 
And then once you get to goal seven, any any celebrations, just rubbing it in. IMO. Maybe you maybe you plan thirteen goal celebrations to spread out across <laughs> the entire thing. You said our first thirteen goals. Here's our celebrations, but they just. Like how would they? They weren't going to throw off the schedule. Now they're never scoring if they don't have those now celebrations. Now they have to recycle. <laughs> going back to celebration one. All right, we get around to the Broncos finally here. He says, if literally any coach was available for the taking this offseason, we could pick whoever we wanted instead of Fangio. Who in the league would be most likely to take the Broncos from the Super Bowl? I'm only removing Bill Belichick from the question as I think he's too obvious a choice. Yeah, Bill Belichick would have been my answer. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm, outside of that. Are you going Sean Payton or, or uh, oh, Sean Payton or Sean McVay? Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, who's out there? Uh, definitely not Andy Reid for me. No way. John Gruden. I like Andy Reid. You going Andy Reid? I'd love to see an Andy Reid offense with Drew Locke. Probably wouldn't work that well with Joe Flacco, although. He could probably figure something out, I'm sure. Um, Maybe Pete. I really respect Pete Carroll as a coach. He's a great coach. Maybe going Pete. Or here's my reason for Sean McVay, is he just lost the Super Bowl. So he's been there. While he hasn't done it, he's been there, and he got that out of the way. So that gives me a little more confidence. Who's the defensive coordinator? It's very important to me. Wade Phillips. Okay, then yeah. I think <laughs> Vic take, Fangio. I'll take that combination. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a fun one. Well, then we're living it right now. All right. Moving on here. Next one from Mr. Freeze. He says, I guess I'll copy and paste my comment from the last pod as it got skipped. If we're going over Broncos origin story, I have to throw my hat in the ring. I was born a Broncos fan in 1990. My dad spent his teens and 20s in Denver and passed it on to me. The first game I remember was pretty traumatic. Okay. It was Super Bowl 32 and I was eight years old. And my parents were separated. I was spending the night with my dad and he had a few friends over to watch the, for the watch party. Needless to say, they got pretty hammered and one of the women at the party started sucking on my toes. It was weird and the memory has haunted me ever since. Wow. That is uh, illegal. I hope it's, yeah, I hope it's not haunting anymore. Seriously, I hope that's not uh, too traumatic for you. Sorry for missing your pod yet or your comment yesterday. Thanks for putting it back in. Yep, absolutely. As for my favorite jersey... Minus Tebow, he says, my one of my exes worked at a sporting goods store, so her discount combined with the clearance price that ended up costing me about twenty bucks. Ooh. Why was it on clearance? Because he know. says the next week Tebow got the start. Tebow didn't pan out, but to this day that jersey never fails to start a conversation somewhere. Huh. True. The Raiders being on hard knocks this year is pretty annoying, but on the bright side, we get to watch them implode from the inside and uh, and outside this year and worst case you pick up a, a few Vic Fangio picks up a few tips on how to stop their offense are you are you annoyed by the Raiders being on there no not at all people are that's what he just said he said I'm annoyed by the Raiders being on there I don't know why I don't know why you would be you, you got to let us know why I think it's going to be in extremely entertaining and that's what hard knocks is about i think so too i think they're going to be an absolute mess on hard knocks and it's going to be hilarious i mean the browns were like a secret mess last year you like right. had to really read between the lines to see the mess and right. then when it all fell apart you were like oh my god yep hard knocks i think this is going to be an outward mess i think so too i think so too all right next one comes in from super bowling 
formerly known as Bucking Broncos, inspired by the old helmets. I've changed my name to Super Bullen. A couple of long ones for you boys today. I haven't been able to comment in a while starting a new job. I already missed college life. <laughs> Hope to catch up with this comment. Apologies in advance for the grammar. I'm terrible at writing. <laughs> One, the first jersey I had was a TD30 jersey, that I and I still have it to this day. The thing is tiny. Since then, I've collected four different Elway jerseys, DT, Vaughn, and Eddie Royal. Whatever happened to him, he was so good but then was so bad. I never thought I would be saying this, but my next jersey is going to be an offensive lineman, and you can probably guess who. Sam Jones, baby. Just kidding. Of course, it's Dalton Reisner. I hope Sam Jones works out, too, really yeah. badly. Yeah, I hope so, too. He says, too, the story of becoming a Broncos fan is simple yet silly. As a child, my favorite movie was Black Stallion, and I fell in love with horses. I'd watch football with my dad every time it was on, and one of those times I saw the Broncos logo and just picked them as my team. I think my dad at the time thought it would just be a phase, but I have been rocking with the orange and blue since 2000, which means not only did I miss two iconic years, but my entire family, including extended family, lives in Massachusetts, so I've had to deal with Patriots and their success and their comments at every major holiday and on most Sundays. I love all the other Boston teams, but I am not turning my back on the Broncos ever. Uh, Sorry, Super Bowl and about your Bruins. It's rough. Sorry about that. All right, going on. Uh, three. Messed up here. There's no threes on this podcast. Uh-oh. Three of my favorite Broncos memories kind of heavy, but I look back on it and smile. The 2015 year is brutal for me between uh, multiple family members and best friends passing away. Really sorry to hear that. Transferring to a new school and, uh, and state, changing my major for the third time, and losing so many credits that extended how long I was going to be in school. I wanted to give up. But watching our boys every Sunday somehow win some miracle plays or just through pure determination that no matter how bad we were on offense, we always seemed to find a way to succeed. When nearly the entire country was on Carolina's side and it was up us against the world, we came out on top. For me, this lesson of never giving up and being determined to persevere was really powerful. So while it was not one exact moment, but just how that 2015 season went and how hard they fought me through what I was going through. No, uh, that's that's pretty powerful. And that's what that's like the crux of sports right there, right? Right. It's it's an escape from whatever to you know, you're dealing with um to join a community. Right. Right? You feel like you're a part of something. You feel like when you're watching Super Bowl 50 whether you're there or not, that you and every Broncos fan in the world is watching that hoping for the same thing. And, and that sense of community, which I think is um, um, reduced down even to a purer form here at BSN, um, it's that that makes sports special. And uh, last night with the St. Louis Blues, you had that child uh, who, who is going through struggles that just get to be there with the team. That was such a cool moment. Yeah. So uh, thank you for, for reminding us what sports can really be about. It's about you know, getting, sometimes getting away, whatever it may be from, maybe it's just the daily grind. Right. Uh, but also the sense of community that comes with being a part of something. Exactly. He says four, my Broncos question is simple. Who would you make player comps to with young guys like Sutton, Lindsay, Hamilton, and Fant? I like Andre Johnson for Oof. Sutton, Chad Johnson for Hamilton, Oof. Sproles for Lindsay Oof. and Jimmy G for Fant. Not saying they will reach that level of dominance, but that would be a high-flying offense. I think he means Jimmy Graham. Jimmy, Jimmy. okay, I think of a different Jimmy G. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be that. Uh, that would be an insane offense. It would be the best offense ever. 
<laughs> Joe Flacco doesn't have to be that good for that offense to be great. Player con- – it's so hard to do that. It's so hard. But sure, I'll go with what you put. Okay. <laughs> it's fun. Lastly, I knew I couldn't trust a Zach that spelled it without the H. <laughs> RK, you're right. You play to win the game and the game following. Blowing out a team gets into the heads of those players, teams, fans, for whenever they meet again. Also, it can strike fear into the teams that are next on the schedule. However, if somebody runs up the scores on the Broncos, I will deny I said the previous statement. Teams have run the score up on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. He finishes by saying, keep up the good work. I'm not apologizing for the long post because I love two-hour pods, baby. All of you that are agreeing with Ryan on this, I'll remind you if the Broncos get blown out and the other team celebrates, I'll be reminding you that you were all for it back in June. Broncos aren't getting blown out this year. Mark my words. Probably not as much as they have in the past. I agree with that. From Joe Hareen, not to be confused with Joe Deneen. <laughs> Wait, doesn't Zach cheer for Bama? Slight joke before my question. We saw some Broncos hit some bombs on the diamond. Who would be the best football player from the other teams in Colorado? Yes, I do cheer for Bama, but when they go up 70-0, to zero, which is fine, they're not celebrating. They're, they're throwing, tossing the ball back to the ref. What if they didn't play a game for four years, though? You think they might celebrate a little more? <laughs> it, until it was, you know, 28-0. All right, fair enough. Um... I think Nikola Jokic would play a great quarterback. So much touch. So much accuracy. He would be good. He would be good. Who else? And he's durable. He is durable. It's, it would obviously be goofy to see a seven-foot quarterback, but I think he just has the touch. Like, what, I think he would throw a great deep What ball. about Arenado as a tight end or something? You know, I was shocked the other day. He's only 205 pounds. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy. It's far too small to be a tight end. Yeah. Trevor Story. Yeah, he's wherever. An a- he's an athlete. Just put Trevor Story wherever. Yep. That's my that's my <laughs> answer. <laughs> I like that uh, one. Ryan McMahon was a quarterback in high school. He told me he wasn't actually that great at throwing the ball though, but he played quarterback for Modern Day, which is a legit huge high school in California. Yeah. yeah. Um But yeah, Trevor Story, running back, linebacker, wherever you need him. He is a beast. He is. LH comes in and says, Zach is probably one of those kids who always lost. Oh, that's mean. That is mean, LH. We are Bama fans, man. We got to score as much as we can and celebrate as much as we want. But you can you can celebrate as much as you want, but that's, come on, LH, that's not, that's not what we do. I would respect uh, Bama more if they celebrated more. Just <laughs> be the villain. Embrace it. Embrace being the villain. I like, the, I like to be classy. All right, here we go from – oh, I think there was a, uh, a pronunciation guide here. So it's Dom Siglo from Dom Siglo. Mm. New subscriber because of the shirt deal. Can't wait for the homegrown shirt to come in. I have multiple things to comment on. So list form is coming and alternate. You know what to do already. You see, he's, a, uh, he's already seasoned. And thank you for subscribing. And remember, if you subscribe right now to an annual pass, you will get a free shirt and the shirts are sick. I'm wearing one right now. Mm-hmm. So he starts here with the pronunciation, which we already get. So two, team two holes. A straw is a mini tube, and tubes have two holes. Not according to Andy Janovich. <laughs> Three. Top. This debate is so tired, I don't even remember which one I chose anymore. Yeah, it's because we flipped all the time. All right. Three, top fruit is pineapple. Four, best cereal is hands down Frosted Flakes. What do you think about Frosted Flakes? Solid. They are so crunchy. 
Love yeah. love the crunch factor. Oh there. yeah. Oh yeah. But you do have to eat quick. You do. You can't let that crunch go away. Five. Became a Broncos fan when I, when my dad and I were watching a playoff game one day between Denver and Indy. Real quick, Frosted Flakes best cereal to eat dry or at least top top mm, three. It's a good one. It is a really good one. Uh, this was during the Manning era. Me being the like third grader who had no idea what football was decided that I liked Denver because of the colors and that my older sister lives there. I told my dad that this. I told my dad this that day and he explained to me the whole cleveland denver rivalry my family's from ohio and they're browns fans i've always supported the browns throughout the bad years i decided it was okay to root for both but i know at heart my favorite team is denver six my first broncos jersey was an orange peyton manning jersey from Coles, which caused a debate for my parents from the browns fandom and ended in a victory for me i then followed uh with a half orange half blue vaughn jersey Bought by my Denver sister for a birthday gift. To this day, best birthday gift ever. Last year on my trip to Denver, I got a white Chubb jersey. Great investment in my opinion. Yeah, I think the half and half same player isn't as bad as the one. I hadn't even thought of those earlier. It's not my style, but it is unique, which I, I can uh, um, appreciate. Yeah, it, it is. Seven's retired for Elway. Eight. My first Broncos game was the Thursday night game in Indy where Brock came back and took over. Then I had my first mile-high experience on vacation last year to see the preseason game against the Bears. Then my dad and I had an awesome trip to Cincinnati last year to see the game. Looks like we're good luck. Touch wood. I often think about that that meal I had in Cincinnati while inebriated. Uh, 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 uh. It was so good. Skyline Chili? It wasn't Skyline Chili. It was their competitor. Mm. I think they're called Gold Star Chili. Okay. And as I mentioned back then, the kicker was that they had just brought out a new dish, which was covered in ghost pepper cheese. Yeah. And it's the spiciest cheese I've ever had in my life. And it just went so well with the food. And I was just that amount of post-cold snackness that i was so i just needed it so bad and in those carbs i needed all of those carbs. <laughs> eight my first broncos oh no you already did that one nine i've been listening since last year during the summer when trying to find something to listen to during yard work other than that i listen to basketball pods only i can't wait to have more comments read on the pod sorry for the long comment a year of thoughts that i never had a chance to say really built up he says, 10, sorry, but Zach is wrong all the way. Ryan proved all my points against the statement. Football wasn't meant to be nice. Take your L, Zach. <laughs> you don't see teams celebrate when they're up 70-0 to zero in football or 49-0 to zero, or 42-0. to zero. You don't see it. I wouldn't know. None of the teams I watch are ever up by that much. <laughs> <laughs> so take your L on the way out. All right, from Sil Forge, I wanted to point out this wasn't Bills versus Broncos. USA versus Thailand was a lot closer to the Patriots playing a Pac-12 college team <laughs> and absolutely going wild every single time they scored anything. What would you think if you saw that, Ryan? Would you enjoy watching that game? <laughs> as long as that Pac-12 college team wasn't the Bucks, <laughs> I probably would. But you also have to acknowledge, this is like if, if that college team went on some run and made it into the biggest tournament of the world. I think it's a great point, Silforge. I think... It's a bad one. <laughs> and yeah, I would. I actually would enjoy watching that game. Not if it was the Buffs. Just not if it was the Buffs. Next one coming in from Ubeni Lava says, Hey boys, a couple things about yesterday's pod. One, 
about the Home Run Derby. I was just curious as to how you guys would define athlete or athletic. Hearing you guys say Jano McManus and even Kreider were not that athletic kind of blew my mind. I don't think we ever said that. I guess comparatively to players in skill positions, they aren't that athletic, but they are still professional athletes. It's in the name. I guess for me, athletes do have a have a strong physical prowess, but more important than that is hand-eye coordination and reaction speed. It was more just about how they compare. Obviously, they're world-class athletes if they made it to the highest level. Although... You don't necessarily have to be a world-class athlete to be a long snapper, a kicker, or a kicker. No. Those are the two ones that you could get away with. It just happens to be that the Broncos, long snapper, and kicker are really good athletes. Exactly. How do you think Colby Wadman would have done? No. Not as well, right? I don't think so. But again, you don't have to be a world-class athlete to be a great punter. There are certain parts, like I consider, do you consider golfers to be professional athletes? Yes. But... Do you consider John Daly to be athletic? No. <laughs> so there's a line there. Right. Um, but, again, we like we knew to an extent that Andy Janovich was, an athlete, was athletic. I did not expect him to hit it that far because I think he is a specialized athlete. Right. Turns out he's a lot more athletic than I give him credit for. Yeah. But when I when – I, I, for some reason, I do this. When I'm thinking of whether someone is athletic or not, I think of them on the basketball court. Hmm. Okay. I think basketball is a, a very a sport that requires a ton of athleticism. And so, like, maybe I'm wrong on this too. But I don't picture Andy Janovich, like, knocking down threes. I just It's hard for me to imagine that based on his body type. Me too. He's still a, an athlete. Right. But it's like Justin Simmons has a smooth jumper. He can dunk. Apparently, he can do a 360 dunk, between the legs dunk. Like, that is, for some reason, that's what I think of when I think of athletic. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's totally like, can you understand shoot a jumper? That. Can you right. dunk? Can you jump up and rebound? Right. For some reason, that's like athleticism to me. I don't know. It's weird. I like it. But there are very different types of athleticism. It's true. It's true. Um... Are we at two? Yes. I'm all for beating down opponents and making them cry if it serves a purpose. Talking smack and celebrating can really get in some people's head and make them perform worse, which in a close game is totally viable strategy. But to be celebrating all crazy in a 100-0 game just makes you look like a dick. Just like Zach said, act like you've been there before, especially the player who got five goals. <laughs> And her justification for celebrating the fifth goal was that I think that set a record for most goals in the World Cup. There you go. But it's your fifth. So you've celebrated the other four. So celebrate the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, ten. I don't care. Shame. Four, I loved hearing you guys debate. That was really rad. And you both made good points and were respectful, unlike Team USA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Team Zach with this one. Double four. Best fruit is a watermelon, and that's not debatable. Got a big one in my fridge right now. I think that is. Very debatable. <laughs> you know what the worst part about watermelon is? Cutting it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like taking the... You know what I hate? What? Big pet peeve. A restaurant that serves you shrimps with the tail on it. Mm, that's their job? Yes. <laughs> Why would I want to cut the tail off my shrimp? Yeah. Someone's going to come in and tell me that it's like because they wanted to make it seem more fresh. Yeah. Or it's like proof that it's fresh. I don't care. I don't want to cut the tail off every single time I have to take a bite. If it's shrimp cocktail, that's fine. I can just bite it off. Right. If it's in a pasta dish or something. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. How I dare 100, you? 100% agree with you. Man, you know what? 
Lou Benny Lava made me realize. Hmm. I don't think uh, the soccer team would be invited in in our comment section. I think they'd be they'd have too poor of sportsmanship to be welcomed. No, no, because the the what you wouldn't want them is them going after other people, which they didn't do. They just thought their comment was really really good <laughs> and enjoyed it. All right, well, we are seeing the downside of you guys trying to make every podcast as long as possible here as. We have kept Zach far too long. He has something that he has to get to. So we are going to let Zach go. There are three comments left on this podcast. We will not forget about them. We'll actually lead off with them tomorrow. So sorry if you were one of the victims of that. But uh, we, as always, we'll do our best to get to your comments every day. Rare cases like this one where we aren't able to get to one, we'll roll them over to the next day. So we appreciate all you guys for listening. You got close to two hours on this one. And uh, I'm sure you guys will bring it tomorrow on the podcast as well. Uh, But until then, thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you then on the Broncos podcast. Everybody, we're teaming up with the best membership in Denver again. For those who don't know about In We Go yet, listen up. In We Go is for social people looking for concerts, sports events, festivals, comedy shows, wine tastings, brew fests, and more. With In We Go, you can head to tons of Rockies games and get tickets to the best events in Denver. Download the app and experience with just one tap how easy it is to start heading to your favorite events in Denver. And did I mention Rockies games? Use code BSN15 to save 15 bucks off your first month with In We Go. Start heading to games, concerts, and tastings for as low as 10 bucks on your first month. Hurry though, guys, this offer ends on May 31st.